Happy holidays, everyone. You're tuned into the Trust-Based Lunch Break, where we give ourselves a few moments to explore the role of connection in our lives through the lens of TBRI. I'm Marissa Robello, clinical social worker for Holt, and joining me today is the lovely and talented Anne Cleary, who is our branch director in California. Welcome, Anne. Thanks, Marissa. Happy to be here. So before we launch into what we're going to talk about today... I want Anne to just give you a brief introduction. Let let us all know, Anne, if you could, you know, how you're connected to TBRI, what your background is, and anything else you think we should know. Sure. Yeah. I've worked with Holt uh, for the past 25 years, so I've been in the field for quite wow. some time. Um, my background is in children's mental health, uh, particularly in the field of trauma-informed care and crisis management. And about 10 years ago, I went to the Cares Purvis Institute um, and it received their TBRI training, which was incredibly exciting because it really brought together a body of research mm-hmm. and informed care that was really unprecedented. Yeah, I, yes, I know we are, the practitioner group is kind of, we're all cut from the same cloth. So um, I am hoping that today we can share some of the love with those who might be listening and are less familiar with TBRI. So I'm sort of stealing an idea that our colleagues, the Holtz post-adoption coaching and education team had this creative idea to do the 12 days of TBRI, which is a series, an email series that featured a TBRI script or principle each day for the 12 days. And the goal was to really help parents get through the holiday season by focusing on connection and empowerment so that their kids could make good choices and check their own behaviors during this lovely holiday break. Um, And I, you know, when I, when I saw those, I was thinking, how can we, there's so many of of these principles and strategies that we can use with relationships outside of just the parent child relationship. And so I wanted to just focus on one today in particular, one of my favorites, which is the redo. Uh, So ruptures, repairs, redos, that's going to be the topic today. And um, for those of you who don't know what a redo is, it's basically a do-over. When you're a grown-up, you might call it a repair. And I love this proactive correcting strategy because there's just endless opportunities in life to use it and People like to to feel connected even when they're misunderstood or there's some sort of a conflict or, um, you know, if you can end that interaction with a feeling of connection, it's just such a strong, empowering experience. Um, And I think that's, to me, been one of the most impactful TBRI tools and one that I've needed a lot of practice on. Um, So, Anne, I know you know what a redo is. I'm sure you use them in your life. Can you add to what I just what I just described? Yes, absolutely. I think redos are one of my absolute favorite tools out of TBRI. Um, it's not just for the child, but for me and as adults. It's just so liberating to have permission to start over and to have another chance at correcting something that didn't go in the right direction. So there's a lot of grace and generosity within the redo. So I think everybody can benefit from that. Having said that, though, redos 
are one of those skills that can be really hard to master because it requires a lot of repetition and modeling in order for the child how to use it to actually correct their own behavior. And the idea behind it is that you really want the child to initiate it before the parent has to step in. That's the ultimate goal, is to have the child have the awareness of what's expected of them, catch it when they push too far, and then be actually able to repair the situation. That's the long-term goal. So like to give you an example, a child may scream out, I'm starving. I know we've probably all heard that at some (laughs) point, and we know It doesn't make anybody in the room feel good. You look at your child in a way that you're just pretty much stunned. But a child who is familiar with a redo will hear themselves and then stop right after they've said it and self-correct. And they'll say something like, oh, I meant to say, can I please have a snack right now? So that's the ultimate long-term goal, is that the child hears it, corrects it, and redoes it before the parent has to do anything. It's a pretty long-term goal, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that you can't learn a lot along the way and really improve a lot of the behaviors while you're learning it together. Yeah, I I love that you pointed out the long-term goal, which is really self-awareness in, in for children to be able to regulate their own emotions. And, but I will say, since I have young children, a four-year-old and a two-year-old, and my four-year-old is just now starting to sometimes be able to get the redo maybe before I have to walk her through it. But it's only come after literally hundreds of times that I've had to to do it myself and check myself as a parent when my voice is raised or my tone is not where I want it to be, or I lose my stuff like we all do. Um, so I, I, I just want to put out there that it is a process and you start by, um, you take baby steps, you know, the bar is low based on your child and you, where you're coming in. Um, and then the, for me, the learning curve was understanding my triggers, what makes it hard for me? What times of day or what experiences make it hard for me to get to my calm, which is what you have to do in order to catch yourself and repair the rupture. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think one of the things is, is that the redo allows everybody to take a breath and taking a breath and a child knowing that you're taking a breath, that they can take a breath to me, that is just, that's the restart that you need. And that anything that happens after that, it's all good. It's going to be good because you're interrupting what could lead to just tempers flaring and no repair. Okay. So even by stopping it, you're saying we're redoing, we're looking to repair this different. Okay, Anne, so I want to make sure we're not confusing um, anybody who's listening about redos, repairs, ruptures. So redos are specifically something we work on, a skill, a tool we work on with children to empower them to basically catch their behavior before it it gets to a point where they need somebody else to come in and, and do it for them. So can you explain a little bit more about repairs 
between adults and how that modeling can help children learn about redos or how that modeling can help adults practice doing a redo? Yes. Yes, exactly. So, so with a child, when you're doing a redo, you're essentially communicating to the child, even if a child doesn't know how to get to the end result of the redo of, of self-correcting, basically what you're telling the child is, wait, let's stop. Let's take mm-hmm. a breath. We're going to redo how the situation is moving forward. So essentially what you're doing is you're stopping the, the fuse of the anger from running all the way to the end. Because one of the things that happens in anger is when the fuse runs to the end, people are so upset and so angry and in such a heightened emotional state that the next emotion that that follows is justification. Mm -hmm. I need to justify how angry I am. And the problem is, is that once a person reaches justification, which is probably about 30 seconds after being angry, you've got a situation in concrete, okay, where the child can't move. The adult is, is backed into, an, into a corner with their own emotions and it's, it's not a yeah. place where we want to be. Yeah. So by saying, hey, we're going to do a redo, Everybody should be taking a breath at that point in time. For the adult and in our relationships with adults, we can't turn around and say, hey, let's redo it. Um, You know, there just isn't, another adult isn't going to appreciate being taught or instructed by another adult as to what we're going to be doing next. But what we do have is repairing. And that's where the modeling is really important in our everyday lives. And our children see this as well. So let's say that we get into a situation with a coworker or a spouse or another adult, and we're irritated, Mm -hmm. okay? We can start to feel that um, emotion develop. At that point in time, what we can do is have the mindfulness and the self-awareness to be able to say, hey, you know, I don't think that came out the way that I wanted it to. I meant to say it this way. Or, you know, my face might have looked a little confused or irritated. I didn't mean for it to, to be that way. I'd like an opportunity to be able to revisit this again, Mm -hmm. you know. So what you're signaling to the adult is the ownership over your own emotions and that it isn't really ideal. It's not going the way that you want it to, but that you want to also take the same opportunity that you would have with a child to hit the reset button and to do it differently. And it's hard to do that because, you know, it requires you to, first of all, be able to be in the moment with your feelings and emotions and be vulnerable with the person that you're relating to, you know, and and that I think for some personality types is a really natural, easy thing to do. And for others like mine, it has taken me a lot of practice and therapy to get to a point where I can um, slow down enough to pause and hit that reset button, like you said. Exactly. You know, for some people, they they may not feel that comfortable with expressing their emotions. They're not they're not right there at the tip of their tongue where they can um, express them right away. They may feel them, 
but they may not be in a position to express them right away. So some of it may have to do with the personality. Some of it might have to do with the person that you're mm -hmm. engaging with too. Is it an equal relationship? Um, or does that person have more power than you or more authority? Um, or it could be a relationship where there's been long-term issues and perhaps it isn't as simple as hitting the redo um, or hitting, you know, to start over. Maybe that person isn't as responsive to it as someone else might be. So it takes practice. A lot of this conversation is reminding me of another really important TBRI concept which is being able to see the needs behind another person's behavior and really being able to see the whole person in their environment. Is that resonating with you right now too? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Because, you know, part of being able to see what you can do next is being able to see what the other person needs, whether that's a young child or an adult. You have to have that mindfulness that, you know, so much of what Dan Siegel brings yeah. to his work. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so you, you basically have to tailor a repair or a redo to the person and the situation and then yourself. Do you have, do you have different ways of using this skill with people in your life? I do. I mean, I think one of the things about the redo is it's, you know, it's just going to look different with, with each person mm -hmm. in your life. Um, and it has to be tailored to what they need mm -hmm. in looking at the entire individual and how you can bring that sense of mindfulness to it. So, I mean, if you have a seven-year-old that has just recently been adopted, they may not feel safe enough to be able to engage in this. Mm -hmm. And so it may be that you're just doing a baby step of it. You're just saying, okay, well, let's take a pause right now. Let's, let's figure this out a little bit differently here. Um, for a child that has been in your family for a long time, that could look really different too. I, I think of my own children. They, they were very different in the redos and how I had to introduce it to them. I mean, I had one child that was loved the redo so much that we literally had to do reenactments <laughs> of redos when they were going on. It's kind of like, okay, well, let's reset this. Well, all right, well, let's reset the entire scene in the kitchen. <laughs> Mommy, you walk in from stage left and I'll be over here doing this. So, I mean, it became an opportunity to really reenact quite a bit. And so it was really amusing yeah. for, for that child. And that child happens to be super kinesthetic, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, just really needed to engage in the physical aspects and the movement of the redo. I had another child that really did not like being reminded that that he was less than perfect right. and so um he came up with an alternate ego if his name was john then 
it was Ron <laughs> that needed to do the redo, oh, not funny. John. So we would make progress by having Ron walk through the redo. Love that. So, yeah, different strokes for different folks. Absolutely. <laughs> so I feel like redos and repairs are a lot easier to do with children because, I mean, first of all, probably we know them really well. They're probably our own child who we've raised um, from one point to another rather than an adult who might be in a different type of relationship with us. Um, but they also make it obvious usually that, you know, they're crying over something and it's really not about the thing you think they're crying about. But with adults, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit more challenging. Um, I think a lot of it is our own self-reflective abilities. And like you've been saying, the mindfulness. So I really encourage everybody listening to check out Dan Siegel, who is a fantastic, I don't know, genius of many things. He writes books on all types of things, including adult attachment styles and mindfulness. And it's, he's just a great, um, connector to a lot of what we're talking about with TBRI. Um, but I'm hoping, Anne, in our last couple of minutes, you could give us a take-home, take-away tip that we can use in, in interactions with adults that might require some repair. Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the things is, is that if you have, if you anticipate a conversation with another adult, whether it's a colleague or you know, a friend or a spouse. I mean, I think there's some time to reflect. You can think about your personal history and your relationship and what has led to, you know, this current interaction mm -hmm. that, that you're anticipating. You might take a few notes or, or think about what possible stressors that they may have in their lives. Think about your own stressors in your own life. So you, you may have a little bit of time to kind of reflect and to ground yourself so that you're 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 more emotionally equipped to address what is coming up what the topic is that's coming up next and we all know in the field of adoption you know it's a stressful it's a stressful journey and we have to provide a lot of support to people mm -hmm. so certainly it's nice when we have we can anticipate that but sometimes we just can't anticipate and we move into situations very quickly um, and they happen they kind of uh, can come up suddenly and so one takeaway that I've always had is that when you're starting a conversation with a person and you're you're going to be discussing something that's more serious it's really important to simply listen to the first few sentences. Of course, you want to listen all the way through, but to listen to the first few sentences or first minute or two of what the person is sharing. Okay. And I say that because people have different styles and for some people, they're not verbose. Mm -hmm. They're not going to say things repeatedly again and again they may have thought about it very carefully and what they say to you in the first minute or two is what they feel. And no matter how much conversation you have afterwards, invariably it seems to go back to that first minute or two. Interesting. So take a moment to really listen and write it down 
and use that as your compass for the for the interaction. That's great. That is a wonderful suggestion. I, I'm going to start doing that right away. And I think you can do that with kids too, because they generally, even though there are needs behind the behaviors, they they generally give you an indicator of what's going on, you know, what what level they're at in terms of Absolutely. Um, it's raw it's and unfiltered. Exactly. And that's what you want. Yeah. yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Anne. And I hope those of you listening are feeling jazzed about becoming masters in repairs and redos with your relationships. Uh, and like I said before, congratulations on making it through 2020. You are almost officially there. Uh, until next time, which will be January. Thanks for joining us and stay tuned. Stay connected. <laughs>